Welcome to Any Way You Want It. I'm your host, Kaylin McDuff. I'm an LA-based coach for women who want to create lives based on desire. Here on the show, we like to have real conversations about sex, relationships, and life through talks with everyday people, experts, friends, and everything in between, I give you a plethora of options, different relationship models, new mindsets, perspectives, and paradigms. Listen for what sounds interesting to you and follow that. This is just the beginning of you having a life designed entirely from the specificity of your desire. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Any Way You Want It. Uh, I'm your host, Kaylin McDuff, and um, I am here with Dr. Renee Wellenstein today. Um, And uh, I am just, uh, I'm very excited for this conversation. A lot of times I uh, somehow know my guests, you know, from, you know, sort of meeting them in the world. And this is the very first time I've ever interacted um, with Renee. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have our conversation. <laughs> yeah, my absolute pleasure. I, um, you know, I don't know what it is. For some reason, in the last like couple months, I've been getting a lot of uh, people pitching to come on my podcast, which, you know, I just started this about a year ago purely from my desire, because I'm like, these are just the conversations that, that I want to be having. And it's just a total side bonus that I record them and other people get to have value. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to say, you know, most of the people in the world who are pitching my show don't really understand it. And so mm-hmm. most of the time when people pitch me, I'm just sort of like, yeah, I'm not really that turned on about it. And I don't end up bringing them on. Um, but when your team reached out to me and I sort of looked at like, Hmm, okay. You know, what's, what's this woman all about? Um, and you know, I'll share a little bit of Renee's bio for my listeners. Um, what I loved, you know, about your background, um, was like that I could just feel the like holistic nature of what you do. Mm-hmm. So um, Renee is a double board certified physician. She's an OBGYN and she's in functional medicine and um, has become known as the, uh, the libidoologist. I can't even say that. <laughs> But I think the the thing that I'm particularly interested in is the, um, you know, the science is a little bit of the scientific perspective, but from somebody who is coming from uh, from a functional medicine perspective. So uh, so here we are. Here we are. Um, well, I would just love to, you know, I'm sure we'll sort of get into some of your philosophies and, um, you know, go down that path. Um, but I would just love to hear about like, how did we get to here? (laughs) Yeah, it was in a straight line. That's for sure. And I never thought I would be in functional medicine. I didn't even know what it was. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to sort of condense my story, but essentially what happened is, conventionally trained as an OBGYN. So traditional training, went to medical school, did your residency, was in functional medicine for over, not functional medicine, excuse me, OBGYN for over 15 years. 
And, you know, I thought I had the dream life. I had twins. I moved to the country. I got a horse. I'm like, boom, boom, boom. Look at this. Mm -hmm. And then I fell off the horse (laughs) and broke my back. And that's where my story begins because up until then, I feel like I had a typical busy doctor life. I didn't really feel like it was that crazy busy, but in retrospect now it was pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, essentially over the next two and a half years, I not only suffered from pain that I really couldn't get relief from, but I was starting to have all these other weird symptoms. Um, you know, I, I no longer could practice the full scope of OBGYN because of my injury. So I was pretty much limited to the clinic doing pap smears all day, which is not why I got into OBGYN. I loved delivering the babies and doing the surgeries. So, you know, I, I, I mean, going into medicine as anybody with a profession, like you wake up with purpose every day. And mine was to change a woman's life any way I could. And that sometimes it was bringing a life into the world or removing her uterus to make her feel better, whatever the case may be. But I wasn't doing that anymore. And so I'd come home from work going, oh gosh, like, I just don't feel like I have purpose and I'm changing lives. And then I had also accompanying the mental drain of, of my post injury is my physical. I had the back pain, but then I started developing these other weird symptoms. I couldn't get out of bed in the morning, even though I slept all night, you know, I'd have really low energy all day. I was having these weird cravings. I was gaining weight, no libido, you know, and and no motivation. My self-confidence and self-esteem were like in the toilet. So after a while, I I was like, I can't go on living like this. This is like, this is not life. And so I, I, after I said to my husband one night in bed, I can't go on living like this. I said, I have to do something. So I was desperate. So I did what the only thing I knew what to do, which is go to my doctor and say, here are my symptoms. And she said, you know, it sounds like depression. And it was funny right then and there. I, I had this feeling like, gosh, it doesn't feel like this is what depression should feel like, mm-hmm. but I'm so desperate. Just give me the dang pill. So she gave me an antidepressant. And of course I had all the side effects and I didn't feel any better regarding my other symptoms. I still was exhausted. I still hardly could get through my day, drinking a pot of coffee a day, living on sugar. And uh, three months later, I went back. And of course the medication wasn't working. And at that point, instead of questioning the diagnosis, of course it wasn't the diagnosis that was wrong, it was the pill that was wrong. So we got another pill. And it was during the second round of the same antidepressant when it was not working, I was like, there's something wrong. So lo and behold, uh, went off the, the pill that antidepressant cold Turkey, do not recommend that work with your doctor to wean off any medications. And at the same time, I found a functional medicine doc and I didn't even know what functional medicine was. And at this point, I just, I was hopeless. I, you know, I'd had given up hope that I'd ever have a normal life again. I was helpless. Nobody was helping me. I was even in the medical community. I couldn't help myself and none of my colleagues. So this functional medicine doc, I don't even know what she does, but I said, if you're going to listen to me and help me, please, you know, I just need help work your magic because no one else is doing anything for me. And one conversation, I think the most important thing she did right off the bat was validate my symptoms because at this point I started to think I was crazy mm-hmm. and it was all in my head because I couldn't be quote unquote fixed with a pill and I couldn't be shoved in the diagnosis box. I tried, I just didn't fit. And number two, she actually thought outside the box and said, I think you have something called adrenal fatigue. Now we kind of changed that term nowadays, but essentially the little organs that produce your stress hormone were really tired. That's the easiest way to put it, to describe that they're just not functioning well. And 
at that point, she said, you know, this doesn't require medication. It does require, you know, lifestyle changes, maybe some strategic supplementation. And it's not going to, you're not going to feel better overnight, but you're going to feel better. And I said, I walked away from that conversation. I'm getting help. Someone's finally listening to me. Someone finally has a, not even a diagnosis, a, a condition whereby it can be treated. Mm-hmm. And I now have hope that I can actually feel better. And the rest is history. So from there, uh, that same night on this conversation, I actually, she offered me a job. I decided, you know, I just met this woman <laughs> that I'm actually going to work with her and go back and do a, a fellowship in functional medicine. So get trained adequately. And uh, I did that. This was January. And uh, by September of that same year, I was uh, almost complete finished with my, my fellowship and uh, working in her office. And that, <laughs> that is my, and it's interesting because that was the day that or the night that I actually said, oh my gosh, my gut, my intuition has been speaking to me even throughout this whole process. And I just haven't been listening to it. And this was the first time I said, yes, I'm doing this. And I always have this funny story whereby I had gotten on the con- this phone call with her uh, probably eight, eight o'clock at night. My husband had just gone in to take a shower. He comes out like a half hour later. And here I tell him, honey, I have this adrenal condition. I'm going to do this, this, and this. I'm going to go see her in the office to confirm it. Oh, and by the way, I'm leaving the hospital, going back and doing a fellowship and joining this woman in practice. And he goes, how long was I in that shower for? (laughs) Because my life completely changed in that moment. And um, so I worked in an office for a little over four years, brick and mortar until for financial purposes, it had to close. And I was kind of in limbo for a couple of years saying, how do you do this doctor thing online? Yes. started my business, uh, August of 19, 2019 and pivoted to talk about libido about a year ago. Got it. Because, well, I want to, I want to yes. just, I want to slow this down a little bit. Yeah. This is, um, you know, I, I love this story, um, mm-hmm. because one of the things that, uh, that we talk a lot about here on this show is, um, uh, just what it means to follow your desire. Mm-hmm. And what I really love about this, you know, this sort of pivotal moment is that you like, it didn't make, maybe it didn't make a lot of sense. Like you were just so following this thing that I imagine you felt in your body. (laughs) And what I also hear is that it was just so crystal clear. Like you were like, okay, I'm just doing, I'm just doing this. Like I feel magnetized to this. I feel alive in the face of this. And I can imagine you didn't have any of the answers or you didn't know how it was going to go. And you said, I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. I mean, I think that's my husband. He's so supportive, but I think he was like, what are you crazy? You're leaving a secure job at a hospital to go into this like world of functional medicine that I literally just looked up. I looked up the definition right on the phone with her and I was like, oh, this is really cool. I'm like this, this, you know, at that moment when I read that, what functional medicine in, and it's essentially, you know, getting to the root cause of Mm -hmm. disease, the symptoms, don't just put a bandaid on it with a pill find out why. Yeah. This is when I, when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is how I'm going to help women get better. This is my new purpose. This is what's going to get me out of bed in the morning. And it didn't mm-hmm. take long for me like this. And it's honestly, I had felt so dead inside for so long as far as purpose and enthusiasm and just all of it. And then this one little thing, I mean, it really helped that I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not crazy. 
mm-hmm. this woman doing this gave me my power back, gave me my life back, gave me hope oh. back. And I was like, I just need to do this. <laughs> and it's a yeah. no brainer. It may be crazy on paper. Like this highly trained OBGYN is leaving a secure job. Yeah. Where she knows she gets a, a paycheck and she's going to go jump into this world of a new office with this woman she just met doing this crazy functional medicine stuff, mm-hmm. this, you know, voodoo, woo-woo medicine. Yeah. And I, and I, and it lit me up. It lit me up. I, I don't think I could sleep very well that night. So I was yeah. just excited. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too, that I just, I want to put in uh, for my listeners is that this is what it looks like to follow the truth. Like the truth is such a relief, mm-hmm. you know? And, and look, I mean, I, uh, for me, myself, I, I have a, you know, health condition. Um, you know, I, I was diagnosed with MS, uh, mm-hmm. a number of years ago. And so, uh, I find it very frustrating just if, if all, if the only resource I had was my neurologist, you know, at UCLA, right. That would, I would lose my mind mm-hmm. <laughs> because there's not a, there's no focus on like, oh, let's actually get under like the root cause of this. And let's yeah. look at your entire body and your energy and all of the systems and how they work together. Exactly. And, and so, you know, you strike me as just such a, uh, like such a feminine being, mm-hmm. you know, because you, you sought out this level of truth. Mm-hmm. There's you know, other places within our medical system where like, quite frankly, we're just not looking at the whole, it's not the whole picture and it's not the, it's not the truth. Yeah. And I, and I always say, you know, when I have people coming to me and women in particular, and they said, you know, I've been to all these doctors and no one's listening. And I really try to say, you know, a couple of things. Number one, conventionally trained, I wasn't trained to think outside the box. I wasn't trained to think to look at the whole body, even though I actually am, I am trained as a DO. So historically medical school, I was taught to look at the entire body, but I lost that when I tried to conform to the MD world and be just like everybody else. And, oh, I don't look at the whole body. I'm just an OBGYN. And, um, so they don't know because we weren't trained to think like that. And number two docs just don't have the time now to really, or the energy to really delve deep into asking the questions that need to be asked. You know, they just, we are trained to make a diagnosis and put a pill on it, essentially get, mm-hmm. you know, get you out of the office, but make us in that five minutes of being with you, make you make us feel better that we did something for you because we gave you a pill to help with your symptoms. Mm-hmm. And so I think we've become a society of just, you know, we're really rushing through life and busy, 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 and just give us that pill and make us feel better. And it's interesting when I first had my injury, that was my mentality. It said, you know, get me better ASAP, do whatever you have to do. Cause I need to get back to work. And so I was that, and I, and I skirted through acupuncture and Reiki and all the things just like, mm-hmm. didn't even give it a chance. I'm like, okay, no one else is like the conventional world. They can't put me back together. I actually had uh, bones that couldn't be operated on. Yeah. So I, I saw out briefly before I got into this alternative world of medicine. Um, and I didn't stay in long enough because I gave acupuncture three visits onto the next chiropractic one month onto the next. And, you know, now in retrospect, I was like, Whoa, I was just continuing to sail through and try to get the quick fix from these alternative medicine practitioners of 
acupuncture mm-hmm. and such. And then when I finally <laughs> slowed down and really gave them all a chance, acupuncture was awesome, was wonderful, helped me immensely. And so did Reiki. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just have to look at how I used to be, how I was trained and you know, again, the the medical system, it's how we're trained. And until you kind of step out of that box and it's really crazy that I went to this world because it's really not, I was actually, this was seven years ago. So I was kind of one of the first in my area. Definitely. I I live in a community with 200 doctors employed at a hospital and they're all looking at me going, what do you, what is this? Like, what are you doing? And it's really not socially acceptable in my area because they don't know what it is. And so to go against the grain like that, uh, was really scary. I'm not going to lie. But again, like you said, it was, it was this desire in me. I'm like, I don't care what people think. This is, this is right. This is what I need to do. And this is my next step in my career and my forever step, because I'm never going back to practicing the way I used to. Hmm. Yeah. What was it like? I mean, I, I just can't imagine being a, um, you know, doctor in a hospital community and then saying, oh, you know, I'm actually going to leave. And just that I can imagine the, the pushback and the opinions, you know, because there's so much conditioning that like this in, inside of that system or any, any system, right. Pick your system, but it's like, there's so much conditioning that this is the way, the right way. Yeah. I, you know, I like it's, it was, um, it, I got a lot of like side eyes, like what, like, and just the conversation would end. Cause they don't even know what questions they don't know, what to, do. yeah. they don't know what to do. Like if it's not in their wheelhouse of talking about regular medicine, they didn't even know how to have a conversation mm-hmm. with me about anything medical. Yeah. Um, and it's very interesting because I've seen a little bit of an evolution over the last seven years that now I'm considered one of the pioneers, you know, like now I go to local women's health conference, not conferences, but like little events for women's health. And there'll be other practitioners like me that are just getting into this. And they're like, oh my gosh, let me pick your brain as far as like X, Y, and Z when it comes to functional medicine. And I was like, oh, look at me. I've, you know, I was one of those brave ones. And now it's becoming a little more mainstream in my area um, and a little more sought after because I think again, as a society, we're just getting sicker. And people are really starting to realize they have to be advocates for their own health and take their health. Like I did into my own hands. And again, everyone thought I had a privilege or advantage because I was in the medical community and I did not like, I just, I had to do the same work that everyone else had to do to get to feel well. And I think that fuels my passion of helping others realize that this is a way of getting well and it's sustainable. It's forever. It's not that pill that's going to stop working Mm -hmm. or require a second and third and fourth pill. Because again, I was there. I was at one was chasing, like I was on a ton of pills to chase the side effects of the one pill to take care of the pain. It was crazy, you know, and to go through that and live through that and and realize I don't want that for myself or most women Mm -hmm. at all. Like if that's not what they want, I want to give them an alternative to feel better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I, uh, wow. I'm still educating by the way. I just, yeah. I mean, just before actually probably within the last year and a half, I think it was, it wasn't the deep depths of COVID the pandemic, but it's yeah. early on. I went to an event and I remember I'm still, I'm still educating fellow doctors in the community that are mm. the community and had never met me. And they're asking me like, what do you do? <laughs> what is that? And now I completely blow their mind by 
the fact that I do this online. Because <laughs> yeah, doctors well, I was, don't. I was gonna I was gonna say it's so amazing um <clears throat> what's possible if you step out of the like traditional, like I am a Western medicine doctor, I work at a hospital. If you step outside of that system and you don't have to have any of the red tape, you know, you have a podcast, you have an online presence, uh, you know, you're you're out there. Um, bringing a message and education to, to women, mm-hmm. which is, um, which is so huge, you know, to be I'm doing it. Yeah. yeah go doing ahead. It my way. I'm doing it my yeah. way. You know, it's interesting. I remember, you know, a lot of times you worry, like when you work for an institution, like, oh my gosh, can I not say this online or can I not dress like this? Or can I not mm-hmm. yeah. have a secondary income doing whatever? And it's, you know, I'm not controlled like that. I have my, you can just do whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whatever feels right for me and authentic to me and in alignment with my values I can do. And it feels so free. And it's really interesting because I was in limbo for those couple of years between, because I'd already made this huge transition to functional medicine, which yeah, my poor husband, again, he was just, his head, I think was still spinning four years later, but Um, and it was successful, but you know, now when I lost that job, because I I just couldn't work any harder than I already was, it wasn't actually the, you know, it was financial and I just have to work harder. And at this point I was already not preaching what I preached to my patients. You know, I wasn't Mm -hmm. preaching a healthy lifestyle sleep because I was so busy at work and taking work home. So I essentially had to walk away because I said, I can't, I have to have boundaries. I can't, I can't take care of myself and work harder and have anything left for my family. So, mm-hmm. and yeah. I seriously, for that next year and a half, I was in limbo. I actually thought I was going to leave medicine because again, we are trained as doctors that we can only either work in a hospital or an office. You can't <laughs> do anything else. And so it's interesting after my back injury, when I wasn't f- feeling fulfilled, I was actually looking for other, like, what else can I do? What else doctor? could I do? And and back then, again, this was nine years ago, eight years ago, you know, I've got all the books and they're all like, okay, work for an insurance company, a drug company, work as an expert witness for a court case. I'm like, no, 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 oh no. Oh my no. God. <laughs> Y'all can't see my face right now, but I'm horrified. Continue. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like, you know, you can actually, there's no, yeah. there's, so I had to figure this all out myself. So a year and a half in limbo, I realized how much I missed medicine and how much I missed. I still talked about it a lot online because I'm, I'm that person. I'm all over social media giving just free tips of if, you know, of course, check with your doctor, but it's just yes. if someone hears one little tip and they have that aha moment, they're like, oh my gosh, that's what I needed to hear today. I'm glad I gave it, you know? So I was still showing up heavily online, but I really missed working with women. So that's when I yeah. figured out how to do this, this online thing. And it's very scary because we're not taught as doctors to be entrepreneurs and start <laughs> our own businesses, but Hey, I was on the job learning. I did that. So my life has been for the past nine years has been this series of like, I think my husband fears coming home at night. Cause he's like, what's, what's going to happen? Today? <laughs> so it is like a fun ride. I mean, it's been a lot of ups and downs, but like I truly have fine-tuned that that yeah. gut feeling, that intuition, because I, as docs, we are taught to be very scientific and don't feel yeah. in your body. Just think with your brain. And I think mm-hmm. I've had this my whole life and I suppressed it until that one. And, you know, and it started when I had my diagnosis, I was like, this doesn't feel right, but I suppressed it because I was so conditioned for 40 plus years to say, 
listen with your head, go with your head. You're, you, you know, like don't listen to your, to what your body's telling you. And, uh, it wasn't until that one fateful night that I decided to completely jump off the bridge, take the leap and go into functional medicine. And then, and it was the right move that I just, I never know what would happen if I didn't listen to my gut. Cause I always listen to my gut now. So Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I always just go with yeah. what my desire is, what feels right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is just, uh, it's such a trippy experience to talk to a doctor <laughs> that speaks this way. I mean, I have a, a naturopath that I work with, you know, uh, but, uh, but you know, it's just, uh, especially just in the environment that we are in right now, inside of all of the vaccine conversation and COVID, um, it is so, uh, it is just absolutely refreshing to hear a doctor say like, I don't need to live in my head. Yeah. And don't get, I mean, the more we can get out of our head and just feel in our body, the better, you know, I think when we get in, I, I get in trouble when I sit with it too long in my head and think about it. Like, yeah. like and I don't second guess, I go with it. And I'm like, okay, this has got to be the right decision, whatever it is. So, I mean, and I don't make all quick decisions, but yeah. I, um, I certainly never talk myself out of something that felt right. You know? So if there's not a, now there's not a heck yes right away. And I'm like, let me sit with this and let me like yeah, feel in it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not your typical doctor by any <laughs> So many levels is why we are here. Um, well, you know, I want to, I want to shift a little bit and just, um, talk about like, you know, women, women's health, like clearly, you know, something that you are, uh, so, uh, so passionate about. Um, and so, yeah, I would love to hear about, um, how, you know, how you've started working, you know, with women, um, especially, you know, sort of after you made the transition into what you're doing now. Um, yeah. Tell me just about like that, that body of work and what you're learning. Yeah. Uh, I, I realize I love working with women. I'm just going to start yeah. my, my little explanation <laughs> with that. Yeah. Um, I, of course, being trained as an OBGYN, I worked with women and I sort of went out of that realm of just taking care of women when I went into functional medicine, because, you know, as docs, we are trained like no person left behind. So I'm thinking if I'm doing functional medicine, I'm learning about testosterone treatment. Like, let's talk to the guys too. So, and I didn't want to leave anyone else. So I actually did take care of men for the four years that I was in the brick and mortar. And, um, I do love taking care of, of male patients. They were, they were amazing. They did exactly what I would tell them, but they didn't listen. They would never listen to their appointments. I would like spend an hour. It was the funniest thing they'd leave. And they'd call my office like half hour later and say, what'd she say about this? Um, and my women, like they would, they were really, they were great listeners, but you know, what I find with women is that we have so much on our plate that a lot of times the follow through just wasn't there because they didn't have the support, the accountability to kind of follow through. So, but I love that because I'm a woman and I actually sometimes struggle with that as well. And so yeah. when I left that brick and mortar, I decided, you know, I love you guys, but I'm going back to my ladies because, um, you know, I do find, uh, women will seek help a lot sooner than, than men will. And, um, I have a really interesting, I'll just a little example yeah. about men and how they sort of seek at least functional medicine care. And what I was mm-hmm. doing, I would think hundred percent of the men would come and see me had some sort of libido issue, a sexual desire issue. 
not necessarily erectile dysfunction. And it would be so funny because they'd come into the office for the first visit and I'd ask them, you know, they'd have like low energy, gaining weight, um, losing muscle mass, um, crying and lack of motivation. And I, so these are all symptoms of low testosterone. And I was, I would say, and this would be going on for like a year or two years. And I'm like, so you tell me you're crying, you're losing your muscle mass. You have no energy for this long a time. Like what happened now? Well, I don't want to have sex. <laughs> I was like, all <laughs> right then. So as soon as it hits the bedroom for you, you men, you're in here because that's, that's where you pack the punch. Like that's where it hurts mm-hmm. the most. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's a moment getting, of desperation. Yes. They're like, fix it now. And it was always, again, for men, it was much different than women. Again, it was usually a testosterone issue versus women um, would come in and they would come in mostly for the energy and the weight gain and all the other things that the men kind of had been dealing with. And I would actually have to pull out of them about their libido because they were like, oh yeah, that's been gone forever. <laughs> so it was- Oh just, my gosh, just, that is so, I, I just- uh, and they wouldn't want to talk about it. Like they, yeah. they were are really feeling guilt and shame over the fact mm-hmm. that they, they didn't have a, a desire. And so, you know, yeah. it was just really interesting seeing the difference between men and women and what brought them in and what their priorities were and how women just felt so shamed at the, at the concept of a low libido. And mm-hmm. so, and she felt shamed about a lot of other things versus the men are like, okay, what's wrong? Fix it. Like, I don't, you know, they weren't shamed by a low testosterone or treatment. So mm-hmm. So again, moving forward, when I went online again, I just, I really just wanted to go back to taking care of women. I get women. I now get men as well, but like yeah, the struggles, the everyday struggles of, of being a woman and all of our, you know, I feel like the many roles that were in hats that we wear nowadays is just growing and it's, it's hard mm-hmm. to really, we kind of lose ourselves in, in all of those hats. And I think that's the biggest thing over the past year and a half is I work with so many women that don't even know what they that they love anymore. They don't, they don't take any time for themselves. They're they're giving to everybody else and work. And it's like, they're leaving nothing in the tank for themselves. So, you know, it's been really uh, gratifying to work with women and really completely change their lives. And again, I address other things that other doctors don't talk about. I talk about mindset. Mm. Of course I talk about relationships integral to a libido. Right. And, you know, most docs won't talk about how you think about yourself, how you talk to yourself. Um, they just go right to the medication, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, it's been a real, and my, my way of, of working with women has really evolved. The more I get to really slow down and listen to them in this functional medicine world, I really have much more time to listen and yeah. see where, what every single woman is talking about. It's a lot of, it's the same stuff. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I'm curious about, uh, this conversation about libido, like mm-hmm. how, how you, uh, how you talk about it. Cause I think I was saying before we hit record today, you know, I don't, um, like, I just don't talk about libido in my work, you know, I, and, and, uh, I'm sure if a doctor came in, right. And like, looked at some of my clients, they'd be like, oh, there's like a libido thing, but I just don't think of it that way. Yeah. Um, because it, to me, it always just has occurred as like, oh, that's, that's something outside of me that I can't do anything about. And so I really look at it as like, you know, listen, we are all working through shame and we store shame in our genitals Mm -hmm. and in our, our entire body. And, um, and you have to like start slow and by like 
actually putting attention and touch, you mm-hmm. know, onto, uh, you know, onto your pussy. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, uh, yeah, anyways, that's sort of like the, the way that I approach it in my work. Um, and I would love to hear about, you know, what, how you think about it and sort Mm of what, uh, how it shows up and how you work with it. Yeah. Before I forget, I just want to say there's a lot of shame that women are conditioned to feel even touching themselves. Yeah. You know, um, that is in, you know, it's just use of toys, all of that it's, it's really deep when you start getting into it with women, because number one, they're conditioned that it's dirty, that it's, you know, that's, that's what the man is for. And number two, it's really interesting. Uh, I've had some women say, well, I don't want to make my husband insecure about him pleasuring me. And I was like, meanwhile, they've never had an orgasm with, with routine sex, you know, like, or with vaginal penetration. So it's like, and it's interesting. So when I talk about libido and the reason I did transition is last year during the, you know, the beginning of the pandemic the online health world got so loud. It's even louder now, but like talking about the immune system and gut health. And I had to back up and say, okay, where are women not being served right now? And I just tap back to my 20 plus years of working with women and the fact that no one's talking about libido. And I was like, okay, I made up my libidoologist, which is the study of libido yeah. because I constantly still study it. And I uh, started talking about it. And it's really interesting how so many women think it is normal at a stage of their life to have no mm-hmm. libido, no desire, not even a desire to touch themselves. And it's really very interesting because after having children, a lot of women think it's normal. Mm-hmm. After going into menopause, normal, perimenopause, normal. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I mean, normal. there's a, the, okay, what do we call normal? Normal is what you what you think is satisfactory to your, yeah. You know, so for instance, if, if it's not the way it used to be and you want it to be like it used to be, well, that's not normal. (laughs) You want it the way it used to be. So I really don't have a definition of a normal libido, but I'm just saying, if you don't feel like you have any and you want some, that's what we got to work on. And so I started talking about this uh, online and the women came out of the walls in the woodwork and, <laughs> and they're like, what are you, you're telling me this is not normal. And then not saying that she's broken. Cause I never want a woman to feel broken. I'm just telling a woman that if she wants a ro- more robust sexual desire, especially if she has a partner, it's affecting the relationship. It's something we can work on. It's definitely something to get to the root cause of why this is happening. And some it's interesting. Again, I'm talking a lot on TikTok as well. I'm talking a lot over there and I'm getting women coming through and saying like, it took a nosedive a year and a half ago or 18 months ago. I'm like, okay, what happened 18 months ago? Like, let's, yeah, let's look yeah. at that, you know? So sometimes there's a huge elephant in the room, like, okay, there's that and what's associated mm-hmm. with that. But, you know, it is something that's within our control, but I have to say in working with women all these years, I've tried to dance down that testosterone pathway with them because just just as I was saying about the men coming in and how they're quote unquote an easy fix because all I had to do do was give them testosterone and fix their low testosterone. Women are not that, I don't want to say simple. We're more complex, right? I've tried that. Uh So back in the day as an OB, I didn't know how to treat a woman's low libido. I wasn't trained to do that. Like, is there a magic pill? No. Is there a lot of studies on women? No. I'm like, okay, what do I do? Um, and so I'd really skirt the issue as an OBGYN. I would not even, a woman would say, I have a low libido and be like, Oh God, like, what do I do now? What pill can I give you? Right. And 
versus when I went into functional medicine, I really started to ask the women and we started to like unpack everything else that was going on with her mm-hmm. because I found that it was just another symptom. Mm-hmm. You know, she had a lot of other things going on. I mean, the most prevalent thing I'm seeing right now is this burnout, you know, like women are just so exhausted from getting through their day and their life, you know, day-to-day life that at night they're just falling into bed and they don't even have the physical energy to be intimate. And mm-hmm. there's some relationship issues that are occurring because of this whole pandemic. Um, a lot of resentment because a lot last year over the past 18 months has fallen on the woman in the household, you know, the kids of virtual school, virtual schooling. And so there's a lot of resentment there. There's a lot of poor communication of what is needed both in and out of the bedroom. So, you know, when we start unpacking that, there's a lot of, oh, I don't need a pill. And it's probably better communication with my spouse. Uh, It's learning how to manage my stress and asking for help. Um, And I don't need that magic hormone pill, you know? So it's really interesting. And then, you know, I've, I've pretty much, there's a lot of, there's about eight or nine things that I like to hit when I'm working with a woman, as far as addressing a big topic, like mindset, like relationship, like her stress level. Um, those are the three that I find are common with most women. And so here's a doctor that mm-hmm. works with women, low libido, and I'm sitting here mm-hmm. talking to you about mindset relationships and stress. And you know, I know a lot of women think we just go right to our hormones and blame it, you know, lack oh of testosterone. And it's, you know, that could be a, uh, a result of a lot of other things that we're doing, including, you know, a lot of not so healthy dietary choices that we make because of our stress level, because right. we don't feel good about ourselves and our relationships. So it's like this, I love functional medicine. Cause it's like this little puzzle of all the pieces that really fit together. And when you start mm-hmm. working on a little bit of each of them, it's amazing yeah. the results that you can get. Oh my gosh. This is just so, um, <clears throat> this is so fascinating to me because I, you know, as you're speaking, the thing I'm getting really present to is, um, like there are lots of different resources out there that women can seek out, mm-hmm. you know, like books and different kinds of coaches and transformational programs and therapists and doctors. And I mean, you know, mm-hmm. if you're sitting inside of the question of like, Oh, how do I like have better sex or have more desire for sex? Mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, the, the, the list is endless of the places that you could go. And there's not really, um, there's not a lot out there, uh, to like guide you, you know, it's sort of, I sort of think you just like, you end up coming upon something and you're like, Oh, wait, hold on. Like, okay, this is a different conversation. This is great. And, um, and I, I think that we need, like, it's important to have lots of different entry points, mm-hmm. you know, because I, that's what I'm doing over here, you know, talking to women about their relationships, their communication, you know, all yeah. I'm like, this is not something. Yeah. Obviously I'm not never going to prescribe something. Yeah. Wouldn't even think of it. Um, And, and right. There are just women who like might not ever come across my work, but who say like, maybe I need to talk to a doctor, you know, and then they Google and find you. And then that's like their entry point into this Mm -hmm. world of realizing like, Oh, I need to actually tell my partner how I'd like to be touched. Yes. <laughs> well, and it's interesting too, even like the talk of toys, like just tell yeah. your partner, let's have fun. Like, I mm-hmm. don't know any man that doesn't want to have a, like 
spice it up and have fun without making him feel like it's taking away from him. And it's all about communication. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, I want to try something new. It's not that you don't satisfy me, but let's try something new. And just that communication and not living that fear of what he might think or what. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest thing with communication. No one in your life is a mind reader, especially houses, you know? So you know, if he comes in at night and you've learned you're dying and you just want to go pee and you're making dinner and helping with homework. And he comes in sits on the couch and opens up his phone to check out his social media and you get mad at him. Well, did you tell him what you needed help with? Like tell him, Hey, come on over. I'll help the kids with homework. I'm going to finish this and be able to go to the bathroom, you know, like, or not even that go and sit and read a book for 30 minutes, you know? So it's like that resentment that, that comes about that anger, that frustration, because repeatedly your needs are not met because you're just not saying what you need. And it's not, you know, and again, I always talk about this because I talk a lot about what I have personally gone through. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm type A, I am an overachiever. I'm a superwoman. I do it all right. Yeah. But it doesn't serve me a lot of times. Like I'll, I'll, I could literally fall into bed at night because I don't want to ask for help. I think I can only, I can, no one can do it better than me. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's just draining me. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like you can, you can grocery shop as well as I can. So can you please go grocery shopping? You can chop a pepper as well as yeah. I can. And, you know, you can do the homework. You can bring the kids to school. Like, why do I have to do it all? And I think it, I had to get over myself and the fact mm-hmm. that I, I felt I had to prove something that I could do it all, that I'm a woman that can wear all these hats and never be tired. And guess what? I got tired right? <laughs> and I got frustrated. And, you know, there's, um, there's this, just this, like this feeling you get when you feel like you're mm. giving, 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 and, and not taking any time for yourself. So I think, again, it's, it's, it's not considered a failure. If you ask for help, it's not, you know, it's yeah. not taking away your superwoman powers. You still are amazing. Uh, it's just a little more sanity throughout your day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. The, uh, just learning to receive, mm-hmm. I think is yes. the, that's the thing that I personally want for all women. <laughs> well, and let me just add one more thing. You just triggered something. Yeah. I've actually, uh, recently, and this is a whole nother world I'm getting into with libido. I wasn't aware that there's a large number of women out there that only give and don't receive in the bedroom. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I wonder why they don't want to go in there. Like I just recently had a conversation with someone and she was like, yeah, 20% of the time I get pleasured and like most of the time not. So I don't really want, I was like, whoa, (laughs) whoa. It should be a hundred percent of the time. And I gave her a few little tweaks and she tested them out the next day and it worked. And it was all about communication. It was all about her saying, listen, I need to be pleasured first. And there, that's their new rule in the bedroom. And guess what? Thriving. (laughs) Their sex life is thriving because one little tweak and there was nothing physically wrong with her, but she is viewing it as low libido. And so we unpacked it and she was like, oh yeah, no, this is just what we've been doing for our 17 years of marriage. I was like, Oh, (laughs) well, and I really, I, you know, I, yeah, I just so appreciate that. You're like, okay, this is not actually low libido. (laughs) No. And I mean, if you like it like that, great. No, I think that's why I don't want it. And I was like, yeah, no, this is a problem with, yeah. Yeah. And you know what it is? She considered it low because she didn't want it. But then in reality, it was just that she wasn't getting what she needed. And as soon as she did now, she twice a day, you know, I was like, Oh, go for it. Oh my gosh. That is, we are just, uh, we are so funny as humans, you know? Yeah. 
Um, well, is there anything else um, that uh, you just want to make sure that women hear in relation to, you know, their sex, their health? Um, you know what? You you can it's all within your reach. It's all possible for you. There's nothing you can't have regarding your health, your, you know, you are in control and it's just a matter of taking back that control and not giving it away to everybody else. You can feel amazing. You can have an amazing libido if that's what you want. You can have a Zen life and not feel so stressed. Like everyone thinks that it's somebody else can have it, but I can't, everyone can have it. It's, and it doesn't happen overnight, but it definitely takes that that willingness to want it, some something so bad um, that's going to make you happy, and just mm-hmm. keeping that in your in your mind, and you know, working every day towards whatever that is that you, that's going to make you feel amazing. Mm. And for me, it was total pivot careers. Now I'm on a podcast with you talking about low libido, and now I help women online. You know, like <laughs> lights me up. This is what lights yeah. me up, and obviously didn't happen overnight. It was a series of, but I knew how I wanted to feel and I wanted to feel amazing. And so now I can, you know, I, I take those steps for my own body to feel amazing and, and professionally too. So amazing. Well, um, thank you so much for, uh, for being here today. This, uh, this was, um, yeah, just a really refreshing conversation. Like I said, I've never had a doctor on the show. Um, takes a special, a special kind of doctor to come on this show. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, um, and if there are women out there who are curious about your work, um, would love for you to share where they can find you and, you know, anything that you have coming up that you want, uh, people to know about. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I always say I have a website, drreneewellenstein.com, but I don't live there. I live on social media. I'm all yeah. over social media, Dr. Renee Wallenstein. You know, and the, the reason I say that is I just, I'm, my goal is to help as many women feel, you know, amazing and confident in their bodies and whatever platform I have to get on and shout from the rooftops to help them do that. I will do that. So I sometimes overextend myself on social media, but I'm out there. And I just actually, because burnout was such a big thing. And I talk about the same things with so many women over and over that I actually created a six week program for them. Um, that's not going to overwhelm them, but really help them uh, navigate through like one of the, one of the many causes of a low libido, which is feeling burnout. So I have that, which we found on my website and then a little masterclass I did for free on some strategies that they can implement right away to start feeling better. Great. Well, and we'll put all of those uh, links in the show notes as well. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Renee. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you got something from this episode, please share it with someone in your life and pop on over to iTunes to give us a five-star review. I'm so committed to more people custom creating their sex, relationships, and lives from desire. And this podcast is a big part of that. If you have ideas for the show or want to learn more about working with me as a coach, head on over to my Instagram at Kaylin McDuff or my website, kaylinmcduff.com. See you next time.